welcome to a brand new episode of Live from the Pool House. We are live from said pool house. I am, of course, one of your hosts. Uh, my name is T.L. Foster, uh, and I love Thanksgiving, and I'm going to explain, because I feel really weird uh, <laughs> saying I love Thanksgiving, uh, and I want to introduce uh, my co-host, uh, Sonia, <laughs> uh, and this is why I feel really weird. Like, it's it sucks. <laughs> I guess we'll get into it as we go. Yeah. Like, it sucks to be like... I love Thanksgiving, and it's like, oh, and then also, my First Nations podcast partner, how do you feel about this really <laughs> shitty holiday? No, I, did, I was going to introduce myself as, like, I was going to introduce myself with the Adam's Family quote going like, how? My name is Sonia, a Chippewa, mate. <laughs> I just realized, yeah, but uh, like, when I was looking through this episode, I was like, oh, crap, it's this one. No. Well, uh, yeah. well, we should introduce yeah. our de- guest first before we get into this stuff. That other voice you hear. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so we are joined by uh, one of my favorite people on the internet. Uh, I'm going to let him do his full introduction. Uh, sir, can you please introduce yourself and where people want to know you from? Oh, hey. Uh, thanks for the in- reintroduction again. <laughs> I'm still I'm still thrown by that actual intro that just happened. Um, but yeah, um, I'm Emmett Watkins Jr. Um, y'all might know me from the if you're in the kind of funny community. I was I rapped one time and got a sash because of it. Um, and uh, I, I'm just really loud on Twitter. Uh, love video games, love hip hop, love Fresh Prince. So glad to be on the podcast. And I appreciate uh, y'all inviting me on. So yeah, I'm ready to crack into this turkey. <laughs> yeah. uh, so before we uh, spend this whole episode apologizing to Sonia for... <laughs> <laughs> this is the well, Our well, Bad Sonia cast. <laughs> well, I, well, look, we didn't... We didn't I mean, it's going to be weird. Yeah, me and Evan didn't ask to be here. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were brought here against our will. Uh, or our ancestors were. Um, but yeah, so Evan, what, what is your, um, what's your history with uh, the Fresh Roots of Bel-Air? <laughs> Um, well, it's a show I watched a lot growing up. Um, as someone who watched a lot of Nickelodeon, once it was, I guess, past 10 or 11 p.m., this is the type of stuff that would come on. And I really love the show. It's one of my first, um, one of the first times I got familiar with Will Smith. Um, and it was really cool just to see, you know, because there were a lot of a lot of black culture is stuff that I knew from my parents where it was like uh, Color Purple and stuff like that that was on BET reruns. And just, you know, typical things like that. But for Bel Air, it was really cool to see, of course, you know, the affluent black family was something that was rare for me, even what, early 2000s when I was watching the show. Right. But but just having that contrasted with the liveliness of Will Smith and how he could be goofy and silly, but still be like, quote unquote, from the hood. I was like, okay, so you can be in both lanes because I always thought it was a choice up until then. Right. I I think it's also I think it's a little bit different because. We're both from the South, right? Like, you're from yeah. Georgia, I'm from Florida. So we're Born in Augusta, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and, like, my family's originally from uh, Fort Gaines. So, oh, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 we, but I, I think it's also really important to see a show, like, because Uncle Phil is from the country. We talked about this previously. So, you, you know, you tested, like, we talked about it before. But seeing the show that shows different black people, because I, I don't think a lot of people who may have watched this show, like, don't realize, like, we are all not a monolith. Like there's mm-hmm. like, like how we and how we how we grow up is like how things you know are different. Like, 
like I said, I live in Jacksonville, Florida, which is very much a port town. But again, my family's from Fort Gaines, like dirt, dirt road, dirt road. You know, yeah. Like uh, it's it, it's different. Like there's a difference in in how black people react to stuff. Like what black culture is. What even this episode is like. What a Thanksgiving is because I'm gonna probably talk about food at Thanksgiving when I explain it. People are gonna be like, that is gross. But I'm gonna let you know right now. I'm already <laughs> I'm already planning to learn how to make chitlins this year. So oh. don't even don't even well, <laughs> see there it is. I'll be cooking that's it the, outside. <laughs> that's that's the that's the that's the fun thing. We'll get we'll get into it. But no, yeah. I mean it's I think it's I think it is very important to, to see different black people. Like it's the reason why I think shows like my my wife and kids is very important, where it was like a middle class black family or the Hughleys. Uh, like stuff like that, like where you're able to see a different look into the black family dynamic in these sitcom roles because it, it gives you more of a reference of your own life and like okay yeah i can see where i get some of this stuff at like i watch the show and i'm like i, I can see myself being carlton or i can see myself being will or i see myself being jazz like you can see those things yes indeed mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite parts of the show and we get to meet like a new uh part of their family which also adds a new dynamic to that uh to that relationship but yeah, like it's it's pretty cool. We'll get, we'll get into the yes. episode. Yeah. All right, uh, so yeah, Sonia, um, what episode is this? So we are watching episode twelve, "Talking Turkey," which was directed by Jeff Melman and was written by Cheryl Gard. Uh, Cheryl uh, would write, go on to write. Well, she previously wrote for A Different World, eight episodes. Uh, she wrote for Designing Women, and she'll write for Hanging with Mr. Cooper, oh, one I, episode. I love that show and, so much. Uh, it's a really good show. I love Hanging with show. Mr. Cooper. That is such a small blip in my head, but, <laughs> but I understand. The, oh, yeah, it's me too. I did like it, though, back then. Uh, and this episode first aired November 19th, 1990, and this episode uh, is about the American yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <Yes>. Specify it. <laughs> so, um. uh, so one thing I wanted to mention at the beginning of this episode, uh, Thanksgiving in Canada is a bit different than in America. Our Thanksgiving mm. is in October, and it's really tied to the harvest. We don't really have that pilgrim rock sort of thing that comes up um so uh we start this episode with the story of american thanksgiving with jeffrey saying that the indians invited the pilgrims to share in the first thanksgiving (laughs) no reference to what tribe but i can assume like it's probably the chippewa yeah so yeah uh, (laughs) for those can we i mean because we have the wonderful sonia on our podcast we do have a lot of canadian listeners um, so here's the story that was fed to us. Yeah. <laughs> as we were, as we were growing up, um, that the pilgrims and uh, the, the indigenous, uh, indigenous people, um, uh, they, they were living together, but at strife because the pilgrims were coming for religious freedom and just landed <laughs> on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, uh, on a continent that was already had people there but they felt like they should be able to be there um and there was like a really harsh winter um and the indigenous people taught them how to make corn so at the first thanksgiving the pilgrims and the native americans got together and then they ate corn and food together and that's what thanksgiving was um not talking about you know 
history of indigenous uh, genocide that this country is founded on. Not yep. talking about the Trail of Tears. <laughs> not talking about the asshole who's my who my city is named after, who who made it a goal, a mission of his life to <laughs> to kill Native Americans. Not talking about all that, but I think especially and Emmett, you could definitely speak on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, being a black person with Thanksgiving, the it's to me, it's never been about that that history. Mm-hmm. To me, it's always just been like it's literally like a family reunion. Like I, yeah, I, this it's the time where I will see cousins I haven't seen in months, and we go to a place, and like that's what Thanksgiving is to me is is seeing family and that connection of family. And that's that's why I think it's very important. <laughs> Um, not like again, I I I literally do not give a shit about pilgrim or founding fathers bullshit whatsoever. <laughs> but you know, the family aspect is what's very important to me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I, I can reflect that a lot because I agree with you. A lot of the stuff about the origins and the the misconstrued origins of Thanksgiving, um, a lot of that stuff is stuff that's just fed to me through grade school. And you know, you try your hand turkeys and they call it a day. And they never mind, or they never think to add in all the real stuff that happened there. But um, other than all the stuff, okay. Other than um, other than all the things that have happened um, there, I I've always appreciated both Thanksgiving and Christmas. I kind of conflate those two because they're so close uh, in time for for Americans mm-hmm. at least. Uh, you know, November and December. Um, that's just a family get together time. Uh, it's similar to this year. People were like, yo, we're really like, we shouldn't be celebrating 4th of July anyway, but we're really not celebrating this year. And everybody was like, hey, if you see me with a plate on the 4th, we're just chilling. This ain't for <laughs> any specific reason. And right. so that's kind of how I always <laughs> felt for, for Thanksgiving, where we, for at least my family, I'm sure a lot of black families as well, having a reason to all come together, all get together, all hang out and just gather for anything is always a good thing and you put something on the calendar and you give us all time off work for it gonna take advantage of that so that that's just another thing similar to like a wedding or a uh or sometimes baby showers and stuff like that any reason you got for everybody to come together we're gonna take it and that was just another one and sometimes you make food (laughs) right um Real quick, and mm-hmm. is Thanksgiving um, a Black Friday thing? Oh, too? that's a, like, that's oh, the only reason I know that's a whole that's a is. whole yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, Black Friday is a whole different other thing. So the thing with Thanksgiving is because it's so tied to Christmas. <laughs> and real, for you guys, and I'm gonna take this out. Um, my phone died, so my cameras. I'm gonna fix it in a moment. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But I'm gonna say my thing, and I'm gonna bounce so I can get my charger. No um, but. The thing with um, so three, two, one. All right. So the thing with Black Friday is like we love capitalism so much in in, in America mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> what was it was a joke originally. So when I was growing up, Black Friday wasn't a thing. Thing like people were just like, oh yeah, we're gonna. I think the stores will open up, you know, on on Fridays, and we'll go and do the store. And then like as I got older. People started to, you know, to, like, actually, like, camp out the day. It would be, like, they would camp out the day after Thanksgiving, and then they would all do that there. And then it just got more buck wild. And what was wild was, like, as I started working in the retail space, that's when it got even weirder because, like, 
I, I, I was working at a Home Depot, and I remember, like, oh, we, you have to be working on Thanksgiving. I was like, well, I have family. He's like, yeah, but people are going to be here at Thanksgiving night. And I was like, what? And that's, like, when they started doing, like, mm. the 7 o'clock shoppers like at, on a Thanksgiving uh, day and then going into Black Friday. So it's just a hot mess. Like, Black Friday, not a huge fan of it. Uh, yeah. I honestly just go, like, order online. Especially now. There's no, there's no excuse now. That's all I've done for the last, like, four years. Just mm-hmm. order online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's becoming a thing in Canada more so because people would have uh, back in the day before Canada had its own Black Friday sales, um, people would drive to the states just wow. to go buy stuff. Like I have friends who do that, and it's just like I don't really need a sixty. I don't want to die for a sixty-inch <laughs> yeah. TV. So it's just like like I don't really. And I I find that like the consumerism side is always something that is really bothersome to me, just because of the like. Do you really need that PS4 right now and stuff like that? I know it's mm. probably just like the idea of like Christmas shopping and stuff like that, but it's still kind of like. But I, I like anytime uh, Turkey is involved in anything, I am there for it. Like because uh, <laughs> I grew up a little bit poor, and Thanksgiving and Christmas were the only times we would have like a hardcore dinner like that. And so like being able to just hang out with my grandparents and my parents and stuff myself full of turkey was the best time so i love thanksgiving i still do like uh it's a little bit different in canada because it's right before halloween but it is such a great time i i love being an adult now because i can have turkey whenever i want that is really really good that's one of my favorite things to do that's i and i still love turkey turkey is my favorite but um one thing I wanted to mention uh, at the start of this episode, um, Carl, uh, like Jeffrey is telling the story of the first Thanksgiving, and I love how Will comes in singing the Humpty Dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I love that song so much. He's like, do the Humpty Hump. So it's aggressively <laughs> it's dancing, so stupid. too. I'm like, <laughs> oh, just, like, just singing along to it in his mind, too. Like, I, this season, um, they tend to have more. Um, more real music that right. they're using and it it cuts off later and like in later mm-hmm. seasons but yeah like it's just the the time capsule of music is yeah. just amazing to me i just love it like uh, i want to make a playlist of all the songs they mentioned in the first season just so i can listen to it and it's it crazy because it's crazy you said at the um, top this was uh originally aired in 1990 it did not feel mm-hmm. like that when I, because when I watched it here, it didn't feel like it was 1990. I knew it was 90s, but I was thinking, okay, 899, something like that. Like, it feels like late 90s because it still feels kind of uh, just a little bit contemporary here and there. But man, it, like, this yeah. show ages very, very well in a way that I really just didn't realize until watching it. I think it's been maybe a couple of years since I've watched an episode of Fresh Prince, but when i was a kid i could have thought that that was recorded what five years earlier rather than 10. right well yeah it's pretty yeah, timeless I, yeah yeah when i, I first like watched the show i and and we've seen more episodes like you know in the future which is me and you're like when you when you start watching the show it's really hard to to stop like yeah. we watch you know you watch more episodes and like i didn't realize that 93 was an episode like this was like, they're like, oh, yeah, he graduated. And like, he's in college in, 90, in 1993. And I'm like, I could have sworn that was, like, it felt like maybe it was, like, 96, 97. Like, yeah. Like, this, I I, <laughs> I can't believe that this show ended so early. So, like, yeah, it doesn't, 
feel like a 1990s show at all. Uh, but like like so you said, the playlist. And if you are subscribed to the ten dollar level, you can get a playlist that I will make for you uh, on Spotify that will have a lot of these '90s hits on there. Uh, but it's. Yeah, it's like a yeah, like a sexy mixtape. It, mix it makes yeah, it like makes you're... it it makes it so easy because it's it is such a time timestamp. And then like I said, I'm like I mean I'm a huge hip hop head, right? Especially like early '90s hip hop. Love that. And it's like I don't know, like the Humpty Dance. Like that's such a it's such a very specific thing because it's such like San Francisco like fizzle style. Like that's yeah. not replicated and it's not uh, chronicled as well. And that's like such a thing where it's like. Yeah, this is dope. Like, I'm glad that they're like they has they, where they're showing like all aspects of the hip hop and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about Will. Like, cause he doesn't listen to just like he li- listens to a lot of different things, like a lot of different music. Like, some of my some, my sister uh, has made like a, a playlist of like some of the lesser known songs that play mm-hmm. in the show. Like, uh, there's a scene I think in season two. I can't remember the name of the song, but it, like my sister played it in the car, and I'm like, oh my god, that's a song from Fresh <laughs> Prince. I didn't know it was a real song. Or there's a scene where uh, Will gets a car and he's playing uh, OPP oh, in yeah. the car, and like I just love that. It's like it, it's just a good time count of great music that this kid would be listening to both popular and kind of like something you'd imagine mm-hmm. jazz had shown him so it just it's really cool to me i just love that so speaking of family uh um, when we hear that will's mother is coming for thanksgiving uh after being convinced to take the free ticket from aunt viv um and we hear that uh phil from phil that will gets his tendency to tease phil up from his mother vi who once called him bigfoot <laughs> and which he thinks is <laughs> stupid because no one knows what bigfoot looks like <laughs> so i just love the joke but i just wanted to bring up to um bigfoot is a big part of indigenous culture um mm. they're uh, bigfoot is called sabe in indigenous uh in specifically ojibwe culture and Sabe is the guardian between the spirit world and the real world. And so the reason why, uh, like, the, it was told to me by an elder that the reason why they can't find, like, a Bigfoot or a Sabe or a Sasquatch is because, uh, because Sabe lives in both worlds, he can disappear between them at, at will. So that's why it's so hard to find him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was really, really interesting to me, like, that whole idea. Because, like, we, uh, I was going to do a documentary on, um, a series of Bigfoot sightings in my hometown uh, around my grandma's community. Uh, My grandma's community is a dry reserve, which means there's no booze allowed. But uh, the nearest town, which is my hometown of Grand Rapids, has uh, a liquor store. Mm. So people would drive from my grandma's community to my community and back to get booze. Um, And uh, the reason why I didn't end up doing this documentary is every story started with, well, we were drunk in this... and we saw this guy or we were hiding <laughs> booze in the woods after getting drunk and we saw this hairy dude so yeah. it was just like ah your story doesn't really have a lot of cre- credibility but it was a good story i'm like the bigfoot sightings like you see you see more of uh more bigfoot sightings in in the northern manitoba so i really want to do a documentary no that, that that's a lot cooler <laughs> so, than like we i mean our bigfoot experts are always like like skinny white dudes who like who are yeah. like that like what you're We're on the history you're, channel right like what, <laughs> what you're explaining is like yeah. a way cooler take on 
on like the big Bigfoot mythology. Like that's badass. Like I, yeah, I, I want to know more of that than like, oh yeah, it's like you know it's the missing link out there. It's like well, that sucks. Like nothing about that's cool. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, like it's pretty cool stuff. Like, um, like in the Seven Sacred ch- Teachings, I think he represents. What does Sabi represent? Truth, I think. Um, so it's just like it's funny that a lot of, that he gets co-opted by other people. <laughs> like he gets co-opted by the white people who are like, we gotta get Bigfoot now. <laughs> so <laughs> we got It's find like him. no, he's been around for a while, so <laughs> we gotta find him. He's out there. But oh, it's just like it's really cute to me. This that story. Um, but I love that. Like I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but um, like I didn't. My family were very close. And whenever my grandma would come to visit, I would, like, run outside and get in front of their truck and, like, just to get to them quicker. So that scene of Will jumping over Jeffrey to get to the door before he does to see his mom (laughs) was just, like, giving me total, like, memories of that, of doing the same thing when I was a kid. (laughs) Yeah. I I can relate to that feeling. I was never, like, I was very rarely the kid to get up and run to do anything for the most part. Like even even I got to that because at a certain point you get to an age for Christmas Day everyone runs to the tree. At a certain point I just walked. I that happened uh. for that happened to me earlier than all of my other siblings and everything. So like I, it's always where I love seeing my family and I it's been a while since I've actually gotten to see them because I've been working on a lot of holidays. But I always love seeing my family. I always love uh, just talking with them, hanging out with them, and everything. But it's never a thing that I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. It's always a, oh yeah, you're here. And then in the middle of it, that's when I start appreciating it. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'm glad this is happening right now. So like, I, I'm more of like when they're when they're all like dancing in the scene that's coming up. That's more where I'm at because at that point, that's when I'm getting hype and I'm like, yeah, because I'm feeding off the energy of, of the room more than just like the moment, you know? Yeah. No. Well, like my mom used to do that. Uh, like I, my mom is a very uh, like stoic person in terms of like she doesn't really show emotion, except for the time. Uh, like she's cried like three times in my life. Like once when I graduated kindergarten, once when I graduated high school, and once when I graduated uh-huh. university. So like they're all tied to <laughs> successful things. But I remember I was uh, away uh, traveling in Bangladesh for like about a month and a month and a little bit, and I surprised her by coming home early. So she just walks into the house and sees me and she just runs and like falls to her knees because I was sitting on the floor and hugs me. And it was like one of those moments that I was like, wow, I didn't know this could happen. It was really pleasant. I just loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was. Yeah. I, I, mean, I love my family. I'm not. I just I don't know if I, I was like very emotional when they came because I I usually was the traveler um, and I'm mm. never I've mm. never been a huge fan of like other travel. And then like. So the the thing I've been coming to grips with lately is, especially like with family, I'm very introverted, and uh, like I and I, like I said, I love my family, but I'm not also like I don't know like we're close and I can I can be myself, but it's also like I can't it is it a certain amount, um, especially like, you know, growing up growing up very nerdy um, mm. was a thing, and it wasn't even like because like the whole thing was like oh you're not black enough, I was like no I've always been black, it's just that we have complete different interests at some point, um, especially like on my mom's side. Cause my mom, um, her family, like all the kids, um, for her, like her brothers and sisters are all either were not there or were much older. So like, 
I didn't get like I didn't get I didn't like I only had like two cousins that were around the same age as I am, uh, but their mom sucks, um, and they weren't like really great either. They were like really grimy, and it was just like I'm like uh like it was like I was just not like, the vibe. Like, yeah, I was just like this is not like this is not my vibe until I, I then when I moved to Alabama, like I started hanging out with cousins that were my age that we kind of clicked a lot more. Um, so like I was close, but I would never do like the whole oh I'm gonna run to go see them because it was always like. Uh, but I did, but I did do this when my mom came. When I was in Al- when I moved to Alabama, uh, stayed with my dad. My mom came to uh, came to my graduation. I did do that because I hadn't seen my mom for like I think almost like six months or whatever. And it was just like mm-hmm. my mom was here. I got to go be yeah. around her all the time. And I, I do that for my <coughs> I do that for my aunt, my aunt uh, Luvinia, who. Mom Levine and Mom Valeria, like, they're, like, I've never really knew my grandparents, so, but I used to live with them, and to me, they're kind of like my grandparents, because they're older than my, you know, my mom and dad, and it's just, like, I do that for them, because I love them to death. Yeah, like, I have, um, like, I, COVID is not really that harsh where I am right now, like, we had six new cases yesterday, and, like, nothing, well, six new cases today, so it's not, Uh, like, insane or anything, because we're a small province. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I would say double-digit cases uh, at this this Yeah. Yeah. You guys live in the states, yeah. It's kind of scary, but um, I we recently got to spend uh, my nephew's birth, fifth birthday together. Like we had to be outside, and the adults wore masks. But we went to his birthday, and like he hadn't seen me in per- my nephew Porkchop hadn't seen me in person for about two months. And the second he saw me coming in, he just ran to me and like jumped into my arms. And it was like the most beautiful moment of my life just because I'm like, oh, I missed you too. <laughs> Don't hug me though. Don't get close to my mouth. And so, but it's so cool. I just love that, like that feeling of little family things in this episode that are yes. just like heartwarming. Um, but yes, yeah, just to mention too. Um, so we introduced to Will's mom, Viola or Vi. Uh, she's played by uh, Vernie Watson, uh, who's an American actress, author, voice artist, and acting coach. Uh, she's best known for uh, playing Vi Smith on Fresh Prince and for playing Verna Jean Williams on Welcome Back, Carter. She was also in uh, Batman The Mask of the Phantasm, which is pretty cool. I did not know that. And yeah, she was in, also huh. in a really, really heartbreaking Duracell commercial in the 90s where like her uh, like she's watching her son uh, who has a heart attack on the basketball court. It was like really horrifying. I'll, I'll link to you if I can find it. But yeah, <laughs> it was really, really intense. I'm like, that's Will Smith's mom in that commercial. Oh my god. Um, but we find uh, one thing that was weird about this episode was um, it's revealed that Smith is the maiden name of Vivian and Vi. Um, it's retconned later in the series. Or Will's dad just took the last name, but Will's father, when we meet him in a few seasons, his last name. I mean, there's a possibility. So I'm like, I don't know. They have the same last name. He. (laughs) It's possible, yeah. Or he could have taken it, or. Yeah, because we find out, like, uh, later, like, that Vivian and her sisters are all, like, their maiden names are Smith. So. Yeah, but they could have had the same. Too. I didn't think about that part. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, but yeah. Uh, so um, there's this cute scene of 
uh, like you had mentioned it, uh, of them dancing to the song Ain't Too Proud to Beg by the yeah, Temptations. great. I just love that. Because that so is cute. totally, like, that vibe right there, that is totally, like, whenever I'm with my family. Because my, my parents put me onto a lot of uh, just old school music. And so that's a perfect example right there. Well, a song usually is never something like The Temptations, but it's usually always because one of my uncles, he's a pastor. And every now and then, because like, you know, we've been I've been dragged to church for a long time. So like I know everything. (laughs) And every now and then there's there's like maybe five songs that if they come on, everything stops. (laughs) Yes. And so especially in that household where it's like, oh, that's one of the good ones. And then we all getting up and we're all turning up to that. And it's it just becomes a whole thing. And then even now, more contemporarily, um, we had. So we we've lived in this house maybe two or three years, but when our cousins and everything came to this house for the first time, because they all my family lives in Florida, I'm in Georgia, of course. So mm-hmm. it was a big deal to do that eight hour drive to come down here. Um, they, I had a karaoke set up in the uh, in the basement, which is right next to my room, and we were there for like a good four or five hours that night, just different song, different song, just going through all the stuff that we know from childhood, and then they got to do their songs as well. And because at first I was like, I know I'm weird because I like karaoke and most of my family isn't into like that type of stuff, but I like performing. So I'm going to hook this up and see who else wants to come down. And so the cousins came down and I was like, all right, at least the cousins are doing this. And then they heard us from upstairs and they came down to watch. And then soon enough, they were picking up the mic, too. And everybody was doing a song. And it was just it was the most fun that I've had with my family in a long, long time. So like that that moment right there, I thought about that moment for my family as well. Yeah. No, yeah. And I I mean, I definitely can like I really wish there was like a, a church episode. That's the one thing about the show. There's not really like a church episode because like, yeah, boy, man, I had those stories like you've never lived so you've had a, uh, a Keith Franklin CD bro uh, <laughs> when you I hear re- that <laughs> unrespect disrespect like oh my god that it's over you hear that it's like oh man we're this is our life for the next five minutes <laughs> I, I remember I remember being in the church choir and my cousin like for our our youth choir learned how to had a key and write out stop for us to do oh uh, and that was just like I was like yeah I'm like I'm I'm into it like because I love like Kurt Franklin stuff it's just so much fun and it's just like yeah this is fun thing like this is like not to get on my like I said not to not to divulge again on my on my church soapbox but that's why I like I always get weird <laughs> like when when people are like oh church is so like one they're like oh, they had to go to church I was like how long is y'all church an hour I wish <laughs> like, our, like yeah. an hour that's that's the start of church but like but I, again it's why churches are for the most part are so dour and it's always like oh here's yeah. the sad part like a black church it's a party and it's Bro, like turning up it's, ce- <laughs> it's celebrating and then the prayer is about <laughs> celebration and here's why life is great and da 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 like I've never like the reason why like stuff like passion to Christ doesn't do anything for me because like I never understood the sad Christ stuff because like <laughs> sad crisis well I mean that's what it is like that's how I look <laughs> at it like it, because like we're taught like in in black churches you're taught and, I, and it, I think it actually comes back from using religion when you're in slavery when you're in a when you're in a bond situation like mm-hmm. but you're taught that it's the God good thing is, in the distance yeah, to get to yeah yeah God there is a joy in God Jesus being here 
Jesus going through all this stuff, there is a joy in that. And we shouldn't be looking at the depressedness, we should be looking at the joy. And so that's why you get like, was why it's always fun to have like family around and like, yeah, we will sing that or, um, or stand. Uh, that child Yo. you just stand like bro like, <laughs> bro <laughs> like all that stuff you. like <laughs> and you just like, when you hear it you're just like yeah and like the whole family gets it and it's like i said it's one of the few times i've cried is just being like at a at a choir thing and just like hearing that stuff like you said it's just mm-hmm. emotionally resonates with me like i just yeah so broke down crying yeah. it was just like a lot it's good stuff <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so yeah, yeah. well it reminds me of like um like that was the only reason i felt so connected to uh black culture because a lot of the a lot of the church stuff that we do as native people is a lot different than what white people will do i remember my ex-boyfriend who was white uh came to my grandmother's funeral and he did not understand the concept of us having a three-day wake with uh with the funeral on the third day like that's a thing we do and every night everybody eats for like two hours and we tell stories about our grandparents and we laugh about things like it's it's like a it's it's a sad event yeah but it's really really uh fun just to get together and meet with the people you may have may not have seen for a very long time and like it's it's something that like uh like especially with uh I remember when the biggest thing that confused him about uh, about the funeral was the the funeral. Uh, what did they call the car? Yeah. The hearse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the hearse left like after they dropped off the body, and he's like, "What the hell? Like, aren't they gonna stay here and transport the body?" And I was like, "What? No." And so somebody brought their truck, <laughs> and that's how we transported it to the uh, to the to the grave. And like, it was just like um like it it was it's just cool to see little things in the show that remind me of like how how my own family is like um like for us it wasn't the temptations but it was like country music that Hmm. everybody would freak out for like um you play um ring of fire at any by johnny cash at any wedding people are gonna freak right out and so like it's just cool like i remember um my mom is obsessed with john fogarty who is uh, the lead singer of Creedence Clearwater Re- Revival. Mm. And um, I remember, uh, so, like, John Fogarty is basically the Jesus of Native <laughs> people. Like, uh, he, like when, if you go to a John Fogarty concert in Winnipeg, you'll see pe- pe- uh, Native people my parents' age who are all there. And I remember once uh, my friend was telling me about this old Native guy who ran up and down the stairs during John singing um, The Old Man Down the Road. <laughs> he just kept running up and down the stairs and excitement and it's just like so cool to like see the effect that music has on people because i don't think the same thing happens to most uh white families like um uh, i like i'm a huge fan of you too and, uh, and they're the whitest people alive but still like there there's a difference in the way their music is played and how it connects with people because mm. I remember my mom is not even that big of a fan but when she went to the YouTube concert with me she started crying during certain songs just because it was so powerful mm-hmm. and I'm like I just love music sorry we can go on music's like, great for, that yeah. was, TL was yeah, TL was talking for about having a rap history podcast. I should just do one on you too, <laughs> and just start it every episode with like, uh, people say you two is just a band. <laughs> so. well, what's weird is like, you, you, you definitely brought up, like said, the connection with music. The thing that's really wild to me now is a lot of stuff that I grew up on is like I'm getting really weirdly nostalgic for. So like, 
I've been listening to a lot of like New Jack Swing, and then like it's so weird. It's like when white people, well, I don't, what is New Jack Swing? Like you know, Boys to Men, I'll be sure, Tiffany Campbell, like that stuff. And they're like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, like that's always the thing. Is like people are like well, I don't know about Tiffany Campbell. It's like, have you seen a goofy movie? Powerline. Yeah, that's just Tiffany Campbell. It's not <laughs> even like it's not even like hidden. It's, it, that's just Tiffany Campbell. Uh, nice. That's the that's the reason why those songs like <laughs> slap like yeah, they're man. so good. But no. that's but in the best thing it's like and, and I mean we talked about oh, we're going to talk about it or we talked about it uh, like the last episode with the basketball where they're you know they're dancing to uh, James Brown and it's just like like yeah mm-hmm. I'm I'm Uncle Phil now like I'm someone like like oh yeah this you know listening to. Uh, Listen to um, "Candy Girl" by freaking um, New Edition. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's, Good that's stuff. just the jam. And then they're like, like, oh, that song was twenty five years. Well, actually, now "Candy Girl" is like thirty five years old. Like, that song's old as crap. Oh my god! To think I only heard that in like "Love and Basketball," <laughs> and that's how I know that song. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I remember um, people. I remember somebody called "No Diggity" by Blackstreet the song from oh. Pitch Perfect, and I was like, oh. that, is, "That is gentrification <laughs> at its right there." That's like when someone said, "Oh, isn't Kendrick the guy from the Taylor Swift song?" I wanted to cry. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's sad because um, you you want to know who got me into Blackstreet when I was a kid. The Backstreet Boys. That's who got me. Did you mistype one of their songs? It's like, um, <laughs> no, no. Okay, so what happened was there was um, so the Backstreet Boys were doing some sort of thing uh, on MTV like a million years ago where they were talking about the music that they liked, and one of the songs that a- I think it was AJ or it was Kevin who said that they really really liked the song by Backstreet called "No Diggity," and I listened to it and I was like, "This is a kick-ass song." So I immediately downloaded it. On live yep. wire or whatever, yeah. whatever the whatever the thing yeah, was, because probably, probably. Yeah. and uh, it, yeah, it was like it was bizarre because it's like all this music I ended up getting into when I was a kid was because of like the crap <laughs> bands I liked. What well, were like? There, but it was so good. I love that like, song. So this is why I always get weirded out. Hey, welcome to our music podcast. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but this is the perfect outlet for me to, to spew things that are in my head. Uh, this is. It's so perfect that it was brought up because, like, people give Justin Timberlake a lot. I love Justin Timberlake. I want to. I want to stress that first. Uh, but like, oh, he, he, you know, he like bottles up over there, like like all these like New Jack Swing black artists. It's like, what you have to realize, like, the guy who produced them, it, like the that whole scene that produced like them. Uh, but New Kids on the Block, like that guy originally. Produce new edition like new kids on the block is just mm-hmm. white new edition right so that's the reason yeah. like i love boy band music because it is it is like it is a a subset of r&b it's just whitewashed r&b and then there are people who do it better like i'm sorry backstreet backstreet boy fans and seek is just better I, I don't I don't make these oh my rules. God, no. It's just the I don't have an opinion <laughs> no, on that. God, I don't, no. There was only one VHS tape that I had from McDonald's with the performance on it, and can't say it was in sync. So that's the most of my bias. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. 
<laughs> well, uh, the, the one thing I, I I will say about NSYNC is that the wrong person broke through. It should have been JC, not Justin, who ended up having the solo career because he was the most talented one. So, like, even though I do love uh, Justin's uh, first album, like, it's really, really good. But, yeah, like, it's, uh, like, Backstreet Boys, man, for life. Like, I would get a tattoo of them. Well, no, probably not. it wouldn't go that far. But, like, I was obsessed with them so when I, I was, like, 13. I think like, I honestly think that the actual break between Backstreet Boys and NSYNC is broke by gender. Here's why I say that. Most women I know hmm. who are my age or older are Backstreet Boys fans. And usually the people who are NC hmm. fans are usually dudes or, like, people who would have been, like, like eight, nine, like, who are a little bit younger than I am, like, before it, it broke off, it's, like, O-Town and all the other, like, oh God. all those other lesser. degrees. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> a lesser, they're a lesser yeah, group. Uh. But I, I do think it, I do think it, it does, like, for the most part, fall under gender lines. I do think that more women, like I said, don't get me wrong, I know a lot about Backstreet Boys, and I still rock with Backstreet Boys. Don't, <laughs> I, don't get it twisted. I just, I just like NSYNC better. I don't know why. Well, um, the funniest thing though is uh, back in the day, like y- you were yes. one or the other, like you were never both. And I remember like it was, it was a bigger divide than the East Coast right. West Coast thing. Like it, no it, like, even now, it, as though. you said, like if, yeah, <laughs> well they might have. Like I got I once got into a fight with an Insync fan, but like I was a teenager. Anyway, but um, it, it's really funny though because I remember when um when Insync did that kick-ass performance at the VFMAs with Britney Spears once. Like I remember. Um, um, like unwit, like I, fe- I was like jamming to it like horribly, and I was like, "Man, I wish Backstreet Boys could do a cool <laughs> show like this." And I felt like I'm such a traitor, like because like Insync did some really cool like that VMA performance with the with the TV mm. screens with their heads. It was so cool, and like I always wished like Backstreet Boys were more talented, but Insync always had cooler dancing and cooler shows. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, they, I wish. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely bigger. Like, oh. I, because the singing was whatever. It's style. I am style over substance guy. And yeah, it's because it's thing is 100 percent style. I it's 100 yeah. percent style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, Backstreet Boys actually influenced my sci-fi mm. uh, look huh. for my films because there's a video for uh, Larger Than Life that's set in a futuristic setting. And the way I designed my uh, my interstellar crafts was largely based on the one Kevin flies. <laughs> so it's really stupid. I'm just like, man, man. No, I hope t- uh, Toronto International Film Festival doesn't like cut this audio when I make my my, uh, my first sci-fi film. It's like it's largely inspired by the Backstreet Boys. But hey, man, inspiration <laughs> comes from the darndest places. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, God. But uh, I wanted to mm-hmm. ask you guys: um, Did you have a bossy uh, parent or? Uh, I think every family? family does. I think every family does. I mine <laughs> is the aunt that lived in Atlanta, and it would oh, it would well. it would frustrate me all the time. We would go over there because she had the big house, and um, her and her husband um, were also like my parents are military. Her husband was military as well. Um, and she had she had sons that were around me and my sister's age. So like we're kind of like the closest ones. And my mom is like really laid back and chill. Like mom, it takes a lot for mom to get upset, except for when she's around her. And I hate it. I hate <laughs> it because like 
My mom would be a completely different person. Me and my sister would call her out on it. She would be like a completely different person because my aunt was very bossy. She's one like she's the one who does like a lot of the cooking. Not great, by the way. Um, <laughs> but she would she receipt. was like yeah she was like she would tell people like oh hey here's how you should do it and blah 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 and like it would always frustrate me and I would always hate going there. She is like she was the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because like. <laughs> Thinking about it right now, I don't recall any one specific family member being, like, the mean aunt or anything like that. But I feel like this is a thing for a lot of black families, maybe not just mine. But as soon as you go around other people, your parents are suddenly the most strict people in the world. Like, that's how it was. Mm Because whenever we'd go there, like... God forbid, if there's two if there's two cousins and me in the room when a vase breaks or something like that, then my mom's thinking it's me, their mom's thinking it's them. Like they are instantly blocking off their kid as the one who's the worst person. So it, I always that's one thing I always disliked where we can have fun and everything, but if anything goes wrong, we're all getting the harshest punishment. Like right. each of us individually. And yes. so I I never did like that. So like that that's the one thing I'd say where all my all my family, you know, they're all going to be kind of strict to whatever their child is. But my auntie always, they're always super generous with me. All my relatives are super generous with me. You know, grandmas as well. Back, well, I lost both my grandmas before, like, high school. So that's only yeah. so long. But, like, yeah, all that was great. Um, but, yeah, that's just the vibe there. That might be the case for a lot of people, though. I was um, really uh, brought up lazy because I was I was spoiled like really badly because I was the first grandchild and I was the first child of my parents and um, my mom uh, was really really mistreated my by my dad's extended family just because um, they uh, he didn't they didn't want him to get married and when I came along like they were a lot they were always trying to usurp her power as Mm. my mother by saying like oh you're doing this wrong oh you're gonna give that baby a rash oh you're gonna like and so it like i ne- um, didn't really have a close relationship with my my family on that side just because they were always like trying to convince me that my mom was like subpar and like all this horrible stuff so like i was really close to uh a person i do consider my auntie who was my mom's cousin uh, on her side so yeah like i was close to them but like the bossiest person in my family was my grandmother and not because she was like strict or anything but just because she was overprotective yeah. as hell like she was like she was always like oh yeah so- Sonia can't have fish in her uh, can't have bones in her fish or she'll kill herself <laughs> or Sonia can't have candy she'll swallow it and die <laughs> and stuff like she had no faith in me but she and but my my grandma was the type of person who was uh, everybody was terrified of her so um, like the chief of her home community was a was a guy that uh was the same age as my mother and the only person he would like um concede to was my grandmother so when my grandma came into the boardroom she'd be like clarence get me some to- uh, get me some tissue paper i need some and he'd run and go get it and so like uh vi in this episode reminds me a lot of my grandmother because my grandma uh, would do this type of thing where she'd order people around, but it would never be me because she'd be like, "Oh yeah, like I can do that, mm-hmm. Sonia. I'll wash the dishes. I'll like sweep the floor. You won't do it right." So oh. it's just like, oh, but it no, yeah. it's just like no. My dad is uh, my dad is that. My dad is. I love my dad to death, and me and my dad, I think, vibe wise, we're kind of similar, except 
my dad is extremely an alpha, and I'm not. I am like very much like chill. I, I get my dad from my mom, but my dad, my dad is the third youngest in his side of the family. He might as well have just been the boss. Um, <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. Um, he's a you know he's a military guy and everything like that. But yeah, when stuff gets done, like it's like oh hey artist, what do we do? Uh, this what you do? blah blah blah. blah. And like, he always like he always runs stuff, and it's always weird to me. Uh, um, uh, and yeah, and in that case, I'm with Evan. My dad, there is literally nothing he can do. I ever got in trouble once, and then my dad was like, talking about something like, "Yeah, well, you know, his one of my cousins got arrested." He's like, "Yeah, well, at least she's out there doing something. Look what Travis is doing." Don't like, oh my god, I'm not getting that arrested. is so. <laughs> oh, you, dude, every time, like, I will make like the smallest. Like, I remember I did something real. I think the one of the worst things I did growing up as a kid was I I either I lost or just didn't do a PowerPoint or something. And instead of just saying that, I said, oh, yeah, um, it's corrupted or something because I knew my parents didn't know technology. Still don't for the most part. Right. So once that eventually got played out and the teacher got involved and was like, oh, yeah, I've looked. It's not there. So once that all blew up in my face, I was like the worst person in the world for a while. And then late, and then later on, one of my cousins like got kicked out of college for having weed on campus. And then I remember them saying something along the lines of like, "Oh, well, you know, EJ's done some stuff too." So they call me EJ at home because I'm yeah. a junior. And they're like, "EJ's done some stuff too." And I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> I I haven't brought drugs into a facility. Like these aren't equivalent. You can't just say, oh, they've done this.' It's like jail." I'm not jail. Like, what? Yeah. Like, there's a gradient there, but, you know, yeah. that's how it is. But, yeah, Vi was definitely pretty strict on Will, even though he's done pretty well for himself, too. Right. Well, I just love that, um, like, because my parents, like, I don't know if you guys had corporal punishment when you were kids, but my parents never hit me. Oh, and, what a, what a, um, like, yeah. uh, but, uh, there was always that threat, you know, that thing where you, where, like, they would never hit you, but you were, mm -hmm. you were scared of them. So, like, my parents, uh, so I love that scene where, um, Vi asks them to clear the table and, like, Carlton laughs at her and, like, uh, she just gets angry for a second. She's like, did I, does, do I look like I'm joking? And Will immediately smartens me? up and is like, uh, not to <laughs> me, and grabs all the stuff and, like, leaves. Like, I would have done that, too, like, in terms of, like, the person I was most afraid of, probably, of my parents was probably my mother. But when my dad got that, like, quiet, like, son, you go do that type of thing, I, I would immediately do it. Because, like, um, the fear of not knowing what he would do was the reason why mm. I do it in the first place. Like, and I'm like, what the heck would my dad do? He's like a pussycat. But still, like, it's it was like the wake, fear of, yeah. uh, like, oh, man, I'd want to I'd want to yeah, exactly. wait the dragon or yeah. anything. So no, I've I got, like, I, I, yep. Mm, <laughs> like, there's some stories. Yeah, there's there's so many stories. Like, yeah, it, it, it's like, it's funny, but it's not at the same point. Like, I. I have, and I, I came to this realization, like, in high school, if I have kids, like, that's, I couldn't do that, because I remember what I went through, I do think there's a better way of disciplining children, uh, but, I mean, mm -hmm. you learn how you learn, and how parents learn is how parents learn, I also think there's a gradient down, because, like, my stepdad used to tell me horror stories, like, when he was getting disciplined, and, like, he was like, oh, you ever heard of Cat Nine Tails? Like, no, oh my god! Like, no like, way! Yeah, I'm actually, like, yeah. I was like, mm. yeah, but I mean, like they yeah. had to do stuff like get switches, and I've, 
I've had to oh, do that bro. for grandmas. It's like, go get the Switch. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, so what like, am I... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying, like... So I, I do think there's a de-escalation, but have I gotten... Yes. Yes. And they were never great. So, like, as soon as they... Oh, Dad. Yep. Yes, sir. Let me go right ahead and do it. You don't have to ask me twice. Got you. Mm-hmm. Like, I still got, like... Because, like, much like you, I also had a little bit of corporal punishment here and there. Now, thankfully, I was the first of three children, so I was kind of the beta. So at a certain point, they got enough pre-alphas so they could have a full release with my little brother so (laughs) so like eventually they learned and i think by the time high school came around that wasn't happening much anymore for any of us honestly um but like i remember being at like my cousin's house because my cousin um one of my cousins lived with his grandmother and his aunt and like if he did something horrible then it would literally, because they had like almost a farmhouse. So if he if he messed anything up, it would be like, all right, go get the switch. And he'd literally have to go get the twig off the tree himself and walk back in the house with it. And I'm just Aww. like, at his, at, I'm like, yo, that's like some psychological stuff. Like, that's just not fun. But like, yeah, you know, the stuff that happened to me, it's like, you know, you, you, you do it what you get. And much like you, Travis, I'm not planning on doing that at all for my yeah. kids. And, you know, that de-escalates down. But at a certain point, it's less... It's less about the physical stuff and more about like, cause my dad, I love my dad. He's 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 a very kind soul and everything. His thing, he just doesn't have any patience. So yes. like, yes. he's the he's the type where family family road trip we're at the drive through and he's like, all right, what do you want? You take longer than five seconds to say something. All right, come on, come on. She's waiting. What you want? What you want? And it's yeah. like, all right, <laughs> don't need to. It's not that high stakes. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm more always afraid of just like, I just don't like being yelled at. I don't like escalation of right. much of I'm, any type. Mm-hmm. And yelling is the most common form of that. So like, w- as soon as things turn to like angry shouting, I'm always like, okay, I, I, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. So I do anything to prevent things from es- to escalating to that point. Um, but luckily I haven't had it. the older he gets the more mellow he gets of course and he yeah. still gets bouts of that every now and then but nowadays it's very well deserved if that ever does come up and I don't right. I don't know why I pointed with this lotion bottle <laughs> in my hand but, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well um, like it's funny like the biggest thing when I was a kid was um, I was I knew I would do stuff my mom told me not to do and when I when I would f- mess up I would immediately go like oh my mm-hmm. god mom's gonna kill me so one time I was playing with the wagon in the house and we were not allowed to play with the wagon in the house, but I did. And um, I was, I had my, my little sister on the wagon and I was like zooming really fast down the hallway into our bedroom and my sister fell off and hit her head. And my sister was doing that thing that little kids do where they're not sure if they're going to cry, <laughs> but they're about to cry. And I'm like, oh God, mom's going to kill me. And so that was my immediate mm-hmm. thought that like my mom is going to like skin me alive. And so I said like to my sister, I was like, Carrie, watch me. And I run head first into the wall and knock myself out. And uh, I come to with my mom slapping me and she's like, what the hell did you do? <laughs> so because like the, I, I was uh, always like, I never knew, like she would never do anything to me so i don't know why i was so afraid but like i would do stuff like that where like she'd tell me sonia don't climb that tree it won't support your weight and i'm like well you can't tell me what to do old woman so i'd go climb the tree and the tree couldn't support my weight so i fell out of it and hurt uh really scratched up my stomach 
And my sister's like freaking out. And she's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm bleeding. And I'm like, don't tell mom. So the second we walk in, it's absolutely quiet. So she knows something immediately is up because we're quiet. And so I go to my room and I shut the door. And she's like, what's wrong? You guys are never this quiet. And I'm like, I'm fine, turning pale. And she sees like the the stain on my shirt. She's like, what's wrong? She looks and I'm like freaking out. And she like just runs me to the nursing station. <laughs> so it's like, why was I such an idiot? I mean, as, as a, a kid, kid, you just. Down. Like I remember getting in trouble with my uncle. Like he had made a chocolate cake, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't. It was like a chocolate yellow cake. I don't know why, but for some reason, I decided to take my finger and just go right in and lick the icing off of the chocolate cake. Yep. And then lied about it. Well, uncle was like, "You were literally the only person here." I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, but it's like, but like the, the stuff, like my stepdad, my stepdad, like when I was younger, used to really had bad anger issues. And I think it's a lot of dealing with like, he comes from a broken, from a broken home and he lived in a really bad part of Philadelphia. So I think there's like a lot of stuff that he had to go through. Like he's been doing therapy a lot lately. And that's one of the things like, it was like, it was like, it was like it, almost 10 years ago now. Like me and him just like sat down and had a conversation. Like we're really close now. And he was just like, Hey, I just have to apologize man like i was very he was like you know i was like very like rough and stuff like that but like you know i don't know what was going you know what was going through because like when i was younger it wasn't really that bad it was really when he was working as a truck driver but i think that's a lot of like dealing with sleep deprived and then dealing with anger issues because like i said this is a guy like he's the guy like if if you get an order wrong at wendy's or the fries are cold he's one of I'm gonna go back in the line and wait. Like I'm usually like, just we'll just go. Like I, I do yeah. it. But that's, that's my stepdad. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he like I said, he kind of milled up as he grows older. Right? I think that's a lot of. I think a lot of times too, what we have to kind of be conscious of, like especially, uh, like a lot of times when your parents are younger, like it's easier for them to become more, to be more like lashing out and be upset. Because like, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine having a child at 20. Um, you know, yeah. as someone who's thirty, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine that. Uh, so, like, it, it is asking a lot for people. That's why, like, some of that people get that authoritative, that authoritative, this to them, because we put them in a position of you have to take care of this person, this human being, at such a young age, and that's the only way she can realize how to do it. Yeah, learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like it's um one of the scenes I really love in this episode is um that totally reminds me of me cuz I wouldn't I wouldn't have known how to do it either. Uh where Vi calls the kids lazy because they don't know how to work a dishwasher and like you can see Will in the background like just cleaning the drying off the dishes or something. And I just love how Hillary doesn't even bother asking Vi how to do it. She's just like here. <laughs> <laughs> so I just oh, cuz I like the, like it's really cute because like they and then there's that whole scene where they're like well let's take them up uh where ashley's like well let's take them up to jeffrey's room he'll know what to do with them <laughs> and so it's just like God. it was just so sweet to me that they like they're not malicious they just don't know and i just love that bit it's so funny to me yeah 
That was really good. Yeah, that's oh, another thing we'll where I'd forgotten how much the class dynamics were played for laughs in this show. Because by I think by the later seasons, everyone was more comfortable with each other, so they kind of tapped into other stuff. But like, yeah, that first season, it's a lot of they're wealthy. He's not. Look at the comedy from that. And so it's interesting to see how you know humble beginnings and there. What was it? I think it was. Well, we'll get to it in the morning, Thanksgiving morning, when they have to when they find out they have to cook, but. There's yeah. something there too I want to talk about. We'll, we'll wait until we get there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this whole scene um, with Vi in the kitchen, uh, like she gives, uh, she when they're eating, Jeffrey, she tells Jeffrey to have dessert, and they'll they'll clear the dishes. She meets the gardener, and she tells the gardener to take the weekend off because it's Thanksgiving, and. Uh, Vivian comes in and tells her like oh why'd you do that like it's not and not your job to do that and Will is trying to defend it by saying oh yeah the the lawn can wait till next week it'll be fine and then freaks immediately out when he when he realizes his mom wants him <laughs> to cut the lawn and so uh, and then there's this very, very beautiful conversation about how um, Vivian is raising her children and how uh, Vi is kind of not nervous but like she's trying to prevent will from becoming um like spoiled basically and that she didn't send will out there to become spoiled she sent him out there to learn to get a better better education and learn the value of like hard work and all that other stuff and so it's really like it really hurts vivian's feelings like that she uh that her sister thinks that she's spoiling her children and i i always thought that was like such a sad thing because i'm like wouldn't you want your kids to have a easier time of things than you did personally because i uh, that's something that's a big thing in my family like each successive generation has it a little bit easier than the Mm -hmm. previous one not just because they want to make it easier because it's like it's not fun to suffer and it's like uh it becomes a bigger thing in the in later seasons when um there's an episode where ashley uh leaves her private school for a public school and uh vivian and phil tell her like well we just want the best for you and ashley tells them like well it's uh like why is it so bad for me to go to a public school you both went to public school and like it's it's a big conflict continuing conflict in the show about um when you're struggling to when you want to give your kids the best things you forget about the good things mm-hmm. you already had and so i love that that i love that theme on this show of like uh remembering where you came from but also realizing that you're in a position now to make things better for right. other people i don't know it's, so it's pretty, yeah pretty it's cool a, i love that i mean i think that is a, a huge thing like because parents you always want to do better you know whenever they need to be better for you know the next generation uh, but the stuff with Vi, especially with the uh, uh, the mother lawn, man, that's so black that parents. That was me. Yeah, black parents. Black I was parents. pushing that lawnmower, man. <laughs> it, uh, I I remember going to whenever I go to my grandma's house with dad. Oh yeah, Travis and Travis and Sean, they'll go and cut the yard. I I, I want to play GameCube. Yeah, like this well, is our vacation. What is GameCube? <laughs> yeah. Why well, Why well, gotta get up and you guys will get up and rake acorns. What like, but like that's, but that's that's what it was. But I mean, mm-hmm. and I get it because it's it is a it is a form of like hey, like you have to remember where you come from and stuff like that. 
But also, I want to just play GameCube. I don't want to <laughs> deal with any of this stuff. That was so <laughs> much the case. Like, and it, it'd be so... Because, like, similar to how I was talking about how, you know, my my parents would always be the hardest on me and their parents on them and all that stuff. It would also be whenever I'm visiting a cousin's house, that cousin would not be off the hook from their chores. Like, it would always... Because, like I said, that one cousin lived on, like, a farmhouse. So it'd be like, hey, make sure you go feed them cows before, you know, the end of the day. And so at some point we'd have to stop everything and be like, all right, come on, let's uh, let's go out here. And then, of course, that led to its own antics where this is this is terrible. And I don't recommend doing this, but I was like 12, so I didn't really think about it. But we we fed the cows bread and and we Aww. I was like, I, I forget what it was. I think like they thought out like a cooler or something. So there was like a large block of ice that was thawing and it was down to like a really small piece. And I was like, can we feed the cows the ice? Would they eat that? And so we started trying to like concoct a way to get the cows to eat the ice. And we tried to like wrap bread in it and he just didn't eat the ice. So we just like gave up on it eventually. But like we were really trying to make that happen. And it's all because he had to go out there and feed them the regular cow food in the first place. So like and then we didn't even think about they're eating the regular foods and he didn't want any more bread. I, I'm i thinking about that now. Like, God, we were idiots. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's a similar thing where uh, they always put the value of hard work into you and especially for my dad i had to mow the lawn like tw- once or twice a month every month for like a good five years of my life in the middle of there when i was getting into those early teenage years i would have to do that regularly um and now he just does it because it gives him an excuse to not be in the house and in, in retirement but yeah. yeah, that was something I did all the time, and I hated it every time. Once I finally got like an MP3 player and some headphones, I was like, "Thank God, this is my podcast time." But before that, I dreaded that all the time. Oh, uh, it it would suck because like oh. you're, because one dads are not jerks. Like they will get you up early because like, dude, cutting grass like at one two yeah. o'clock sucks. So they'll get you up early, but. You're an idiot kid. You don't think so. I don't want to wake up at seven and go cut the grass. And then they'll always say, "You better cut the grass now before it gets too hot." Yeah. <laughs> like, and you God. have to go and cut the grass. <laughs> yeah. Once I hit, I remember being envious of people cutting the grass before I hit thirteen. And I hit thirteen, started cutting the grass, and I hated. It. I hated it every yep. second of it. Which is weird. Like now. I get it, and I love cutting the grass. Like I'm, like being old now. It's like, you know what? Cutting the grass, it it's it's good. It gives me time to think and reflect, and I don't have to worry about anything. I'll just go and do lawn stuff. Yeah, lawn stuff does have its appeal now. Like yeah. all that boring stuff, like freaking interior designing this room, which I've been doing for the last few days now. Um, that has its own joy because it's just something simple. There's no like deadlines to worry about. It's just you know, go at your own pace and you go till it's done. It's like it's like playing a perfect game of snake, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in the case of doing the lawn. It's just yes. like all right, hit all the corners, and here we are. It's like a, be- a beautiful little Indeed. pattern. I love that too. Uh, but I love. Um, there's a scene where Vivian is pissed by what Viol- uh, Vi- her sister says, so she goes to Phil and tells him, like, "Do you did you, did you know what my sister said? She said that uh, our kids are spoiled." And Phil is like, "Oh, like surprise! <laughs> <laughs> like newsflash!" That's my mom. And like, and he, 
And it's so funny to me because um, Phil tells her, well, I'm always saying that the kids should be doing more things around the house. And then Vivian immediately calls him on it by saying like she that he often gives uh, Hillary money for no reason other than mm-hmm. she asks for it. <laughs> and so it's just really cool because I love this idea of like, uh, again, the, the relationship between um, Vivian and, and Phil is so funny because like there's no maliciousness in their argument here. It's just that they're like um they're both trying just trying to portray themselves as the better parent and i'm like no you're you're both you both are spoiling yeah. your kids that, <laughs> and so yeah, it's just that's really totally to that me. is literally the exact same dynamic in my house because my my mom's always been because i take for like my personality and everything i get more from my mother and she's yeah. always the more mellow one the more softer on us for punishments and stuff like she's always like the chill one and my dad's always like the very strict very aggressive like they need to learn this so you got to be tough on them type parent and he calls her out on it all the time but it's also funny because especially in the case of my sister or for me i think this is something i heard it with my dad because i don't i which is probably a bad habit but i don't like asking for help so i do everything i can to be self self-sufficient um and i try not to like ask for any money i try to make sure if i'm getting something i have the means for it first like all that stuff my sister doesn't do that at all she she will not hesitate that well she she has her own stuff she's self-sufficient as well but if she needs it she doesn't hesitate to ask so she will gladly yeah like that is that is just something that and then he he totally will like shell out whatever money she needs if he has it he'll do whatever he needs to if she asks but i don't like to ask in the first place because i'm like i don't want to burden them and all that stuff so totally the exact same thing and then (laughs) the the being soft on us is definitely something that they say my little brother's really got from because my little brother is very much so a mama's boy and it's kind of a result of that because he's the he's the youngest kid pair that with the fact that you know mom's already soft on us generally it's like okay that was he's able to get away with some things that we weren't able to at his age so you know it is what it is on that front Exactly. <laughs> but uh, so uh, in uh, Vivian wakes the kids up at like, I can't remember the exact time, but really, really early. And we see Will in his like really, yeah, really I want cool those pajamas, pajamas yeah. which I really want. <laughs> yeah, like we're complete with the nightcap mm-hmm. baseball hat. That's so cool. And so she's con- she's telling them that they are going to um, cook the dinner, uh, the Thanksgiving dinner for them, even though like I, I thought this was such a dumb idea in the first place such a sitcom idea because i'm like these kids didn't even know what a dishwasher was like how are they gonna cook like dinner for everything so i like will takes control but he doesn't know how to make turkey and i just love that um uh vivian trying Mm -hmm. to be hard on them and she like totally mimics her sister and it's just hilarious to me how she's like saying like you guys are getting a free ride a free ride in a fancy car which will uh, messes up later when he says, "You guys are getting a fancy ride, a fancy ride in a free car." <laughs> now, did you guys so. ever have to do the making uh, dinner stuff? And I say that because when I was in Alabama, one of the things that my dad, I think one of the reasons why I started cooking was my dad used to make us make breakfast for everybody. Like we were in high school age, so that's how I learned how to start cooking. Was we all had to make breakfast for everybody. And mm. like it, it mm. taught me how to make grits and then eggs and then, then once I got older, I was like, okay, well, let me branch off and do more stuff. But that's that's kind of what started me cooking in the first place was doing breakfast 
and family. So did you guys ever have to do like like make something like make something for the family or whatnot? Um, not so much like more so now, but more so now I just like uh, cater in. Like, cause I'm like, I'm not making anything. <laughs> and so my sister is more into doing that. Like whenever my family is here, she's, she and her boyfriend are often the ones cooking for us, uh, which is pretty cool. Cause my sister and her boyfriend are pretty good cooks. But like, meanwhile, I'm like, um, like now that I'm a little bit, like have a little bit of money, I don't want any of my family to, um, to suffer unjustly and cook and stuff like that and so um i always love the idea of like some uh white cook at like the fanciest hotel in in, in my city where we get our catering from making our yeah. thanksgiving dinner so it's just like yeah it's a little bit of reparations <laughs> even though i'm paying for it but <laughs> but yeah i i didn't really do the cooking my grandma did and my mother as well so like i didn't I, and they they would just kick me out immediately if we tried to help them because yeah. we just get in the way i feel you there <laughs> yeah i i kind of had I, kind of different but kind of similar where the fact that when it comes to like thanksgiving christmas any of like the big dinners or even like fourth of july that was such high stakes where you're not gonna oh, put yeah. that in the hands of the kids uh-uh. no yeah. like yeah that, I, was, that was that was that was a fool's errand on her behalf yeah That's- exactly like that that was never <laughs> our responsibility and i feel like my mom and my aunt and all the all the people who worked on all those thanksgiving dinners i feel like they took a certain amount of pride in that because yeah. yo my my family threw down for all that stuff so like it was always good even like whenever we go to my aunt's house just for um no particular reason they're cooking and it's always like above like very far above average so i'm like yo this is is always good but I did learn how to cook less by being forced to, by like having to cook for the family or anything, and more so of, because um, sometimes in our house, it's just, all right, we, we, we can't order anything right now, and we don't feel like cooking, so every man for yourself tonight. And it's like, okay, so let's see what's in here. And then I, each of us eventually learned how to cook our own, especially my little brother. He picked that up. I think he picked it up faster because he saw me and my little sister having to do it. But, like, eventually we'd learn how to use the stove. Of course, they'd help and everything. But we would, like, find things in the kitchen and be like, all right, can of salmon, box of pasta, let's do this. Like, and then just make different concoctions (laughs) and stuff. And now it's gotten to the point where I don't think my sister likes to cook a lot. She doesn't do it all the time, but she likes to cook a lot. My little brother likes to cook a lot. I'm the only person who doesn't, like like it as a hobby as much but every now and then i'll get obsessed on something and i'm like okay i'm making this for everyone because i'm really proud of this like like when um we greg miller kind of funny we all know uh he did that cooking show um and well pasta carbonara where uh josh mccuga came on to do show that recipe and i kept watching that episode and i was like you know what i think i want to make this bought all the stuff to make it and i was like this is really good and so i made another batch for just the family to have because i was like i want y'all to try this because i know y'all don't need italian food and stuff like that usually but i'm really proud of this it came out good and sure enough they were like this is good and so yeah i think i made i think i cooked for my mom's anniversary or my mom and dad's anniversary one time but usually yeah i cooking is more of a thing i do out of necessity rather than a habit thing I, I'm about to say that. Yeah, me too. That's I, I guess I'm the. I don't know. It's something about. It's something about cooking, and it's like, like I, I love artistry, right? Like 
Yeah. I make beats that I, you know, they're they're fine. Like the, the opening to this theme song, and I make beats, and like that's that to me that's art. I love music. I love music art, and to me, cooking and baking, especially, I, I'm baking is my my true passion about all of it. Uh, it's just the artistry of doing it that I love, and I don't know. Like it's, I get what you guys are saying, and absolutely, I wish it was just a necessity for me, but like. Just like waking up, it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to cook today. Like that, it excites me. I'm like, all right, let me plan see, this out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make I, this shepherd pie like from scratch. <laughs> I, I think that's it right there. It's the <laughs> fact that if I get up and I'm like, I'm going to cook today, that is either a thing where I've cleared out the whole day for it. Like there's yeah, a good <laughs> there's a good three to four hour chunk of I'm cooking and then I'm eating where usually I don't think about food like that. Like if I'm thinking about food, it's oh, I can't wait for this meal that's already going to be ready. <laughs> like I can't wait to eat. If I'm yeah, anticipating it, me. I can't wait to eat. It's usually not me. I can't wait to make. I have to be in a very specific mood. So I think that's the main difference there where having to make your food is like a thing I dread. I shoot. Sometimes I don't like even going out to pick something up like. <laughs> so it's more of a lazy thing, I guess you could say. But hey, man, either way, food's good in any case, unless unless it's being made by oh, this yeah, family in preference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always quote this episode. Um, like when my when my sister finally took over cooking for uh, our family at Thanksgiving, we would like I would help occasionally because like they will never make me uh, mashed potatoes. Like I have to make them myself. And so we quote this episode a lot when we're cooking together, uh, specifically uh, the dry oh, yeah. stuffing <laughs> scene where uh, where Will gives him the the secret ingredient to uh, making it better, which is mushroom soup. So he's like, pour, 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 mix, mix, mix. <laughs> and so we always do that at our Thanksgiving dinner. Um, the part I love is how um, they don't know you. Well, they, they don't know you have to do it for a long time, but like Jeffrey gets them a yeah. frozen turkey <laughs> and they don't wait to thaw it and so it's just really and the the stakes are a little bit higher in this episode too because carlton invited his uh mr fellows his teacher that he wants to impress to give him a better mark because uh, you'll be uh mr fellows will be alone on thanksgiving so they invite him to dinner and he's the one who finds uh, the stuffing that is more mushroom soup than anything. It looks like risotto. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't look Ugh, good. None of that look good. <laughs> yeah. And the I think this is the episode where the where the buns yeah. are super hard. It looks like a hockey like puck a... straight up that she had in her head hand. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I just love the way um, Uncle Phil attempts to cut the turkey where he just like hits it with the knife and it doesn't go anywhere. And there's that whole scene where he's like, this chicken is, fro this turkey's frozen inside. And like, and Will is just like, well, I tried it and thought it and thought it and thought it. What do you want me to do? Sit on it all day? So, <laughs> no, but it was like, it was such a, like a, a lesson in failure. Cause I'm like, why would you want to make these kids try to do something that's clearly that, not um, prepared for. The, like, yeah, like what you were saying in terms of like it's a, why uh, it's a it's a task that's too big for kids to handle, so you don't trust them to do it. And yeah, like because Thanksgiving is such a big thing. Like uh, this would be like a Christmas dinner for me, but yeah, like it's um, I just love how cute it is though that they're not mad. They they're just like laughing at the silliness of it. It's like why did we do this? this <laughs> well, was I, I felt like <laughs> Vi knew what was going to happen. Like if my parents were like, oh yeah, cook Thanksgiving dinner, 
I'm pretty sure, like, on, on the bat burner, like, yeah, we're going to go to this Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Anyway, because, like, Christmas you know story what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a very, uh, that was a dumb thing. But I think it was very endearing how, it, like, the bless your heartness of it at the end, where they're just like, oh, well. Like, we'll just, and here's my thing. Yeah. If that was my family, it would have been, because, like, first off, we wouldn't be in a situation where the kids had to make the dinner in the first place. But, right. like, the idea of <laughs> something getting messed up, because we, I, we were, like, middle class. We were, like, lower middle class. So buying all the food is, like, a big deal. And if any of that is messed up, it's mm-hmm. like, well, we can't get, we're not getting another one. <laughs> like, right. this all has yeah. to work the first time through. So that's why they all took so much pride and ownership of it. Because it's like, yo, we got to make this happen the first time. Because I remember when things were burnt or messed up, they were still on that table and you ate what you could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, um, my, uh, my favorite thing my grandma used to do is uh, we used to have Christmas dinner at like nine in the morning because she would cook the, cook the turkey uh. overnight. And so like the whole house would smell like turkey, like warm turkey. And it's still one of my favorite memories when I think when I when I smell turkey cooking. And it's such a, a good memory to me because like um, that uh, again, like when we'd have Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner, it, that would be uh, one of the only times that we would have something so lavish. And so I, the reason why we would eat it throughout the day was because it was like so much food that we could eat it throughout mm-hmm. the whole day. And uh, it's one of my favorite memories too. And I'm like, yeah, if we messed up on something, like cause my dad is terrible at cooking uh. potatoes. Like he is horrible at it. And so like if he messed up, like we still ate it and we s- would still eat like everything. And it's just like, it's just a cute memory. It's just like, and I love the, when Vi and Vivian go back into the kitchen to find something for everybody to eat after they messed up that badly. I like that she um, she apologizes to Vivian and like they they just make it like just this cute sisterly relationship. Like that's why I love this the show because the the family dynamics are mm-hmm. so natural. Like, cause it's not like, it's not that Vivi, Vi is trying to make Vivian feel bad. It's just that she's teasing her and like saying that she's like, she's trying too hard to be, yeah. to be hard. And like, it's just yeah, cute. The gentle ribbing is very endearing. <laughs> yeah. It's very much like I said, it's, to me, it just seems like a natural family thing. Like that's just, that's just family. Right. And that's what I think that's what shines through. What's great about these actresses is like, they just shine through of like, this is just family. And you know this is how your family acts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's messy, sometimes mm-hmm. it's good, sometimes it's bad. But you love each other at the end of the day. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And so, yeah, you learn these hard truths in a hard way. Sometimes, yeah. even if you can't stand them, <laughs> you love them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, but yeah, that's the, that's the end of the episode. So yeah, like it, it's really sweet, and I I just love. Um, though I never got dressed up for Thanksgiving dinner. No, nah, that's always that's not weird. a thing. Yeah, the dress up for thing like you dress yeah. up for Christmas. That's because you've done more Christmas stuff, and then like ever said like with oh, church, church, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with church is. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second because I was like, I'm not putting on a tie Christmas. Mo- oh wait, but yeah, around yeah, twelve o'clock, yeah. you're putting well, on that tie. Oh, but I, yeah, you are putting on that. <laughs> yeah, you put on a tie if you don't want to. Like yeah. that's it's Certainly. Christmas and Easter's the one. If you're gonna dress oh, up for yeah. a food thing, it's always Easter, because uh, at Easter you're gonna be dressed up to the nines. 
Uh, like you probably, going to church and then y'all eating after. You probably got a brand new suit. I remember one Ooh, Easter. every year, man. I had ooh. some. Ooh, I had some great <laughs> suits. I had so many different colors, man. I wish I was still that size. Well, <laughs> one Easter, I one Easter, my dad had. So my dad was stationed in Georgia at the time, and I was living in Alabama. He came down, and he had brought my suits, and I had three suits. One was like this brown tan joint. It was pretty great. Other one was this uh, black. It's, it's this black uh, with light blue pinstripe joint. Mm. That was pretty good. But the kicker, the <laughs> the main one, was a Robin's egg blue shirt, uh, blue suit. With brown <laughs> accents in the suit, oh man, you couldn't tell me yo. nothing. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo, it was just, it was so, it was just so fly. I was just like, dude, I had me, I had me like, I had like a dark like navy blue suit with like gold accents, and I felt super badass because the 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 high school that my dad coached at, football coach for like twenty years. That high school, the colors were blue and gold. And so I was like, yo, I am on point with the brands of all places. And I felt good on that. I had me a green, I had like a white and green suit that I felt badass in. And orange has been my favorite color forever. So I was always trying to sneak in like, can I get this orange suit? Can I get this orange tie? So I have a million like, I have, actually one of my favorite suit combinations is one I've worn recently, like since graduating uh, high school, where it's just a black suit, but then I got myself a orange shirt or now I got myself a black shirt and then orange tie, orange handkerchief, and all this other stuff. Orange accents, and I was like, "This is like because black and orange are my two favorite colors." So I was like, "Yeah, right. this is this is my final form right here." <laughs> I'm just saying, look, next if there ever is another kind of funny from, I'm just saying, hey, uh, maybe you, I maybe I fall through, maybe like hey, suit game, suit game breaking it. I've already I was, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to two weddings next year, and that's the whole thing is like I'm, I'm telling them. Cause like one of them, I'm going to be in the wedding, and I'm like, well, "Do you have a?" He's like, "Well, no, we're just like, you guys are aware." It's like, "Don't say that," because when I come in there and I just like set it aflame, don't be upset because <laughs> you did not give me a dress code. Yeah, I'm going to come in there and, and do the thing. <laughs> Fingers crossed that if they have, if kind of funny has some type of event next year, I'm hoping it's homecoming because now, especially if there's no event this year, that would make a lot more sense. <laughs> yes, it would. So yeah, and, that's and, my uh-huh. wish. We'll see. And like I said, I, I already I'm already suit I'm already suit and J uh looking up. Cause like mm-hmm. the suit with the J's, like growing up, you get some Stacey Adams, great, right? Yeah. Gives you some nice shoes, great. But now being an adult, <laughs> now you gotta get the kick. So I'm thinking what I'm thinking, here's I'm I'm thinking going Luigi suit. So Getting the, getting All the, right. getting the uh, it's it's the navy blue, like kind of like almost like a royal blue because it's like that purple kind of thing. Yeah, green accents, obviously, because you got to get the Luigi part in there, and then green and purple, uh, green and purple Jordan ones, and I'm like, that'd be so, that'd be the heat. It'd be the heat. It's so it's so like. Uh. <laughs> oh, I want to get a. Um, there's a suit place I walk by on my my way to work every day, and I want to get a suit made because I want to look like the freaking Riddler. Like, <laughs> I want to get a green suit with like question marks on it, and like go to Comic Con in that, and like just look amazing. Like, I want a tailored suit. I think I'll just get it in in green to make it look nice, and but I'll it'll always be my Riddler suit. Too. That is definitely the move. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh man, suits are good, man. They suit <laughs> us all so well. 
Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's a good point. But, um, All right. Uh, but yeah, that's been this episode. Uh, Emmett, uh, it's been great. Uh, just yeah. chopping it up. Like, dude, it's it's actually really fun. And I'm glad, one, I'm glad we were able to get a person of color guest. Like, it, I'm sad. Oh, yeah. I, I apologize to everyone out there that we didn't get one, you know, up front. Uh, especially because, like, I think it's been very valuable to have you on. Oh, yeah. podcast. It's been very fun. Uh, been very so, enriching for me as well. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, Emmett, <laughs> what would you like to plug? This is your time to plug what you would like and what would you want people to to be directed towards so they can see more of your great content. Awesome. Well, appreciate that. Um, so, basically, a lot of stuff I do is for VGU.TV, which mm-hmm. is the, the abbreviation, but also the URL. So, just go there for anything I do. Uh, we do the Players Club podcast, which is I'm trying to hit once every Wednesday. We put out an episode on that. I got a couple backlogged episodes that I might cut through so we can get to, uh, especially your episode that we recorded with you, Travis. So I'm going to put that out pretty soon. But yeah, uh, we do that once a week. Uh, I stream every now and then. Uh, Twitch slash, I think on Twitch, I'm EJSpun61, just like my Twitter, except there's an underscore on it. Um, and the main thing that's coming probably within the next, maybe not few weeks, my goal is to get it out before the end of the summer, and I have about a month and a half before that, but I'm doing Keeping It 100, which is a podcast that I did where I took my top 100 games and I went through one of those sorting things, and I just did that for 10 episodes straight. You can listen through all those episodes. I finished the sorting. I'm trying to do a finale where I go through that final list and talk about each game, but I don't want it to just be me reading a script for two hours. So. I'm doing some more interesting things. Um, maybe some of that involves hip hop. Maybe some of that involves just comedic bits. But I'm trying to go, maybe not all out, but I'm trying to go further than usual. So um, that's going to take me a while, of course. I'm still in the middle of it. So we're still crossing fingers for at least the end of August, which will be the end of summer. But yeah, that's that's what I got coming out. So yeah, thanks for the opportunity to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sonia, do you have anything that you'd like to promote? Uh, just my Twitter, honey underscore child. Uh, I recently started a job, so I'm talking a lot about that. Um, what else do I have to promote? Um, just watch that space. That's usually where I am. I don't know. Uh, this will probably be coming out after San Diego yeah. Comic Con, but yeah, like I have Ooh. a panel at that. Uh, it's all nice. at home this week, so, or it's all at home this time, so we're not able to go to the Cheesecake Factory after the panel. So sad. Just hold up but, your slices. <laughs> but next year. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, well, there's no Cheesecake oh. Factory in Canada, so I'll have to wait until yeah. next year. I, I will I send you a cheesecake. <laughs> don't go to the Cheesecake Family. I will mail you a cheesecake. This is the... <laughs> but I, I want, like, the 40-page menu This is my first time cake, hearing so. of a negative reason to live in Canada, so this is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I want, like, one of those uh, spaghetti and meatballs with a meatball the size of a, a softball, like... That's why yeah, America is great. That's Shout why out I to like excess, it. Man. It's always good. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> right. um, oh man. Yeah. Um, I am, of course, CL Foster. You can find me on Twitter at Travis Travis L Foster. Um, you can follow the show at Pool House Live on Twitter. I don't have anything to promote. Um, again, I am holding myself accountable. I am writing a script for a rom com. That's gonna be not what you think. Like it's there's not a meat. It's a it's a whole thing. I'll talk about it more once I actually have the first draft mm. done. 
that'd be that'd be more important. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, like like I mean, I'm working on you know other stuff uh, that I want to talk about soon. I have a really cool. I have a really cool. I can actually start talking about this now. By the time this comes out, I would have put down the groundwork. I have a really cool podcast idea uh, that I am working on that I'm going to be uh, uh, doing. That is going to be more like a um, serial or um, what's what I've been watching? Slow Burn. That's what I've been watching. Mm. More like Slow Burn, and it has to do with gaming, uh, the gaming industry, like history. Because uh, mm. I I'm a huge I'm a huge oh. fan of like old magazines. I'm a huge fan of like old reviews and stuff like that. So I I'm actually uh, working on a podcast to kind of talk about the history for it. Um, and I'm I'm going to be reaching out to the people. If I can't get anybody to do it, that's fine. I will just say what I will say in one of the Patreon episodes or on PNB. But it's a it's a really cool idea that I want to do that I've been I've been kicking my mind to do, and and it's probably going to start me doing a lot more. I want to do a lot more of these short short burst like short run like history podcasts because there's so many things I want to talk to people about. Like I do want to talk about like. I, I tell people all the time, like, I'm a second-generation gamer. Like, that, that's something that's mm. always wild to people. And it's like my mom, like, my my mom and my stepdad talked about it. Like, when they started dating, they would, like, miss PT because they would stay in their, uh, they would stay in their barracks playing the NES. And wow. it's like, I'm like, <laughs> of course you were. Like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> like, do you know who I am? But, like, my mom like when my mom was pregnant with me, she was playing Zelda. Like, and that's her connection. Wow. Like, that's her connection to Zelda. So, like, it's, to me, that's always, it is it is weird. And and I, I there's so many things that you can look at. Like, because we don't, we don't promote black women in gaming spaces. But, like, whenever mm-hmm. people say that mm-hmm. to me, it's always weird because I'm like, but that's all I know. My dad was not a gamer. <laughs> my dad doesn't play video games. My mom, my sister, and my, both my sisters do. Like that, that, that's who the other people who played. My, my, my youngest sister is the one I watched her beat Ocarina of Time. So like that, that has hmm. always been so weird to me. Like that whole dichotomy of like, oh, girls love game. It's like, well, no, they do. And black women definitely do game because here like uh-huh. i've seen yep. it <laughs> like so i i definitely want to do i want to do more stuff like on on that because i i think especially in the podcast space and i, I know i'm going over on the ending but i'm just going to get my thoughts out there hey, your I, show your rules i've been able to uh, yeah. but I, I think it's i think it's very important to highlight um diverse voices especially when people have the uh-huh. inverse look of well this person doesn't do x when i i guarantee you can find it and that's my thing. I wanted to have this conversation to talk about the old gaming magazines. Because I remember how I felt picking up the game magazine I wanted to talk about for the first time. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I wanted to talk about, you know, women in gaming. Because I think that's very important. Because they've been very important in gaming. And not just white women. Like, a, a lot of women of color. Um, there's just so many great things. Mm-hmm. There are communities I want to talk about. Because community scenes are what it is i love the fgc there's so many things i want to talk about the fgc so there's so many podcast ideas i have that are short form i want to really start working with that and the the one that i'm, I'm working on that i will talk about as soon as i get the okay with everybody that's the that's going to be the catalyst that's going to be the key and i think that's one of the things i'm super excited about doing mm. d-o-p oh, that's cool to hear all right 
right. Uh, so uh, after that whole diatribe, um, I again want to thank Emmett so much for uh, joining us on here. So for Emmett, for Sonia, I am T.L. Foster. This has been live from the pool house. Don't get thrown out like J.